This is show 109 of the Cloth Diaper Podcast. Today's podcast is with the award-winning co-founders of Sumo Diapers. One of the hardest things as a podcaster is it getting it with chest congestion and COVID. And as you know, I had COVID earlier this month and I do not have my voice back. I still have quite a heavy cough and I've been struggling. So I apologize for some of that. Today, we are kind of messing up the whole schedule for the summer and jumping right into a show with Sumo Diapers. Now, Sumo Diapers made headlines a couple of years ago because the co-founder won a Dyson Invention Award. And we're going to talk a little bit about that and go into the details of this product. But this is really going to be a show where we're talking about innovation and textiles and what kind of goes into this game of diapering innovation and textile design and I think it's a really I learned a lot during this conversation and I really hope that you do too uh admin wise the cloth diaper podcast is still continuing to release shows as often as I can as you know I've purchased a business nest and sprout maternity or nest and sprout.ca and wow it's time consuming shout out to all of the retailers in our space for the work that they do in maintaining websites, accepting stock, negotiating with vendors. It is exhausting. Um, and I I know we've chatted with retailers on the past about their kind of experience, and I never quite understood what they were talking about until now. So I've been going through those motions. I have so many shows that I want to edit. I just also have been like waiting for my voice to get better, but my voice has never gotten better. So here we are. If this is your first time listening to the Cloth Diaper Podcast, hello, my name is Bailey. I am the host, and for the last four years and 109 episodes, 110 episodes, we've been talking about cloth diapering with parents, brands, and retailers. We do a little bit of a mix show here where sometimes we go into the innovation of things, and sometimes we just talk to a parent about why they decided to cloth diaper, the challenges they came overcame, and sometimes we talk to brands or we talk to retailers about all sorts of different topics. So every episode, is a little bit different. Every episode comes with a new flair. I do try to do show notes, but to be honest, I am so far behind on my show notes. You can find information at clothdiaperpodcast.com, including a lot of my, like, how to wash diapers, um, recommendations. I have a quiz. I have lots of quizzes over on there about finding the right diaper for you, finding the right potty training pant for you, finding all of these things. Um, these are things that I look into and I connect with brands from around the world and kind of analyze them and give you an idea and a suggestion. So the clothdiaperpodcast.com is a great resource. And as always, you can find me on social media, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. But let's just go into the show and I need to take a break from talking. Been a while since Sumo originally launched. So I was talking about it on Instagram the other day and people are like, what are you talking about, Bailey? So, because it's been a while. When did you guys, you won the award? 2019 I think 2019 we so we've had like a turnover of parents already uh, so, <laughs> right? it took us it took us three years to develop this diaper yeah so it's really okay. like if your average baby gets diapered three years it really took us one one <laughs> we missed on many babies no yeah it's, it's been a long time so I think yes we initially sort of like started showing the first prototypes in 2019 okay 
Um, but this was really, you know, I designed it when I was still at university at, okay. at college. So I, I did like a master's in industrial product design. And um, so this very first prototype was really a concept, you know, like the, mm -hmm. the fabric was more like a prototype fabric and also the whole construction and everything. And then I got uh, my business partner joined me, Kasper, um, and this was in 2019. And we sort of like we incorporated the company in 2020. And then little by little, you know, we first had to sort of like find the right, um, yeah, like textile partners uh, and then finding a manufacturing partner. So <laughs> I think three years always sounds like such a long time, but it's actually not if you really. Well, it's not. It's definitely like having been in this industry for a while. Uh, a lot, yeah, it takes a while for most brands, yeah. but we don't often hear about brands before they launch because I they know. keep it all hush hush. But you guys had the masters, and so tell me, yeah. what is the sumo diaper? If nobody's heard of this product before, what is it, and how did it come to creation? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yes. So basically, hi, <laughs> um. It really started, so I'm a product designer and I am um, not a, not a parent yet. I would say I definitely want children, but um, I was, so I was, I was 28 when I was doing my, my master's at university and I basically developed a fabric. I collaborated with an institute here in Germany and I created a, a fabric using an algae fiber. It's basically like a like a wood fiber that ha has incorporated al brown algae in it, making it giving it a, a whole range of really fantastic properties, like antibacterial, super skin caring, very very soft, absorbing. So I basically managed to create a couple of meters of this fabric, and then when looking for what potentially could be the best application for this. I first came across cloth diapers and I thought, yeah, you designed a fabric. Exactly. Before. Yes. So I just, the fabric was there before there was the idea of a diaper. Actually, I was also thinking of maybe doing like a mattress from it or basically it should, it should be a product that um, sits to naked, to the neck, next to the naked skin because it has all these amazing properties that if you would, I don't know, I don't know, would make, I don't know, like a chair like cover a chair with it it would it would just you know sort of like not really use yeah. the, the fiber to the full potential so i understand that this is a very very different way from how usually cloth yeah. diapers come about <laughs> um and i think this are in this is in our dna and this is what really sets us apart from other cloth diaper um other uh, you know diapers out there because i think usually i don't know you, you come with it with a with a nice design and then you, I guess you choose a fabric, let it be, I don't know, like a, a cotton or maybe even like a polyester. Yeah. Like but I think we really went the other way. We were like, okay, we have this fantastic fabric now and it, you know, people, Babies should pee in this. <laughs> <laughs> Not something a lot of people say, but some, I mean, we just saw my uh, friend of ours in the industry just launched alpaca wool. She found yeah. a new use for alpaca. So there's a lot of textile development going on in the cloth paper industry. Yeah. I want to yeah. back it up because you, you talk about this antibacterial properties of the textile. And we hear this word thrown around a lot. And a lot of times from a like consumer point, it feels yeah. really markety and gimmicky. Yeah. Well, how do you even test for antibacterial properties? And what, what does that mean? Like, why should I trust that as a person? Because I don't, to be honest. Yeah. 
No, that, that's a really, that's, it's a, it's a, it's a good fact. And um, basically, so the, it, it is certified. So we, you know, we have, we have the certifications um, and it's basically like, so the way that you make cellulose fibers, it's mm -hmm. that you chop up wood and then you dissolve it. And I mean, this process is called a, that, like it's it's called a lyocell process. It's yeah. um, it also this. I mean, you probably know. It's also it's a very environmentally friendly process. And this company that is producing this fiber, it's called C Cell. They patented this process whereby before they spin the fiber, they add the algae, and the algae basically it looks like this. So it's really like I have some here oh, of it. It's like it's algae. Like, it's like brown algae, and then they pulverize it so they make it really you know like a little bit like a consistency of flour and then they dissolve it in the same liquid that they dissolve the cellulose fiber in so they really incorporate the algae within the structure of the um of the fiber and then so that and then they spun it they spin it into yarn and they make fabric out of it and they've tested this fabric in the lab undergoing many many tests also testing it on, on, on people who have like problems with eczema in general, like, um, you know, skin conditions. And um, there's a famous German university in, it's called, it's well, it's in Jena. And they ran it through their labs and they certified all of this, that it's basically antibacterial. I guess you put like bacteria on its surface and then see how, <laughs> how does it grow or does it not grow? <laughs> your, your original masters or PhDs that is in textile design, not bacterial studies. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but okay. I totally agree with you that this is, it, it, it often, you know, of course it's, it's something that you would want to, you want to use that you want to claim, you know, you want to claim it for your fabric. Um, but so, yeah. I, I People guess make we, so many claims in textile yeah. industry. Sometimes it's like, okay, hold on. How did you get to this yeah. claim? Did you actually yeah. get to this claim? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you've taken, so you designed a material for mm -hmm. your degree. You've, the other mm -hmm. thing, um, this probably has a lot of great uses would be like uh, period panties. So right. Exactly. And that's, that market's yeah. emerged. Yeah, that's what yeah, I was yeah. thinking as well. Um, what, so you designed, what is the sumo diaper? What does it look like? What were some of the other ideas that you had? I mean, we are podcasts, so people mm. listening, you're gonna have to try your best to describe what yeah. the product is. What yeah. is it? How could you do that? So initially, um, so I would say I designed this very, very first concept diaper. And, you know, I did this by just, I don't know, I was like on the web downloading some uh, patterns for, you know, cloth diapers. So it was quite naive. And then when I started though to really, yeah, I mean, it was, I, I put it on babies. It was totally working. The very you're a student, you're not a parent. It's cool. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think I definitely, I think as a designer, you learn to be very empathetic and you do not, you never design anything in a vacuum. You know, I totally, I reached out to parents. I interviewed them about, you know, diapering habits. I put the, the diaper on babies, tested it. So yes, I think sometimes a level of naivety is actually quite helpful in a process, you know, because you, you are not scared. You think, oh, well, I'm just going to try it. So, but of course you need to do your research. You can't just, I don't know, present a diaper without ever having it being tested. I think as a designer, you, you naturally learn how you, how do you design for other people and their needs? So I think I would, I would say that I, um, 
it's okay you know that I'm not oh no it's fantastic and something I'm really loving some of the the newest products in our industry have been people have taken the time to do the research and development because for a lot of brands in our industry from my perspective they'll create a product that works for them and their babies and then they'll try to put it to market instead of taking some time to evaluate a greater community need or a greater industry need and how can we do that so when we have outsiders coming into our industry I think it's so beneficial for say yeah because yeah. we you provide a new perspective and you can think about things in a different way which only helps yeah. the potential for cloth diapering in the future so it's a tie nappy exactly so that was the, the initial very I mean again from a very naive standpoint I wanted to create a diaper that's as plastic free as possible so I initially was I'm not going to use any velcro and the very first prototype also did not have any snap buttons it was really a a tie-on diaper I got inspired by these Dizana wool you know tie-on diapers so I I ordered a pair of that and I tried it on and I um and I also, from an aesthetic point of view, I really like this idea. And then I thought, okay, maybe, yes, initially it is maybe a little bit of more, more work for the parent to put it on. But I guess in the, at the end of the day, maybe it is a little bit like tying your shoelaces. So I tested it. I tried it. Um, of course, I still think that you, uh, a Velcro diaper is potentially easier to put on. Um, but I did get a lot of good feedback from parents that you can, with the tie-on diaper, you really have, you can really... Uh, it's quite a flexible, you know, you, the width of the diaper is, is quite flexibly, you can like put on a very chubby baby, on a very tiny baby, and it, it kind of, it works on all, it yeah, caters. It's a little baby. adaptable, it's customizable, exactly. the fit really works. This like yeah. quest for the plastic-free diaper has been such a struggle in the industry, and usually <sighs> people will cave velcro they'll cave to snaps um, because there's not a lot of options if not any besides going with a tie uh i talked about this other diaper she went with custom brass snaps yeah uh, but that was expensive hugely expensive so so few choices to escape plastic which is kind of scary as well yeah i agree i mean also in the end now we went through a lot of different testing phases at the very first the two first ones didn't have any snap buttons and then Especially, I think we did a couple of testing rounds already last year in, in spring, summer, where parents also wanted to have their baby just run around the garden, just wearing a sumo. And the ones without the snaps, they always started to sort of like slide down the legs. So I think it works very well if you put like a body on top of it or just some pants, you know. But so in the end, we the, the one that we are going to launch with in June now does have uh, raw snap buttons. We minimize them a lot because the idea is that if you are a parent who would prefer to use the tie, you, you can ignore the buttons. But if you want to, it does aid a little bit when you want to put on the diaper. So if you have a toddler that moves a lot and you kind of need to hold hold her him down, the, 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 the buttons help, of course. So we have a very limited row of buttons. So you can just use one on each side and then fix it. Oh, so maybe like a little extra secure. Yeah, it's just a little bit extra. We don't have all these like rows and rows and rows and rows of snaps. <laughs> like I think about... Um wrap dresses where sometimes you get like one little one little yeah. button there and then you can tie it and then you're feeling a little more secure so the general tie diaper and then is it a single use and that you wash it right away or do you swapping out inserts kind of what's the style on the inside it's kind of like i guess you would call it like a pocket or two in one so you know you have like the diaper and the inlay 
in very initially the the sumo was an all-in-one diaper but then i did speaking to you know conducting a lot of research i did as a designer also from from the standpoint how many diapers do you actually need and i think in an, an all-in-one you know you do need a lot of them and also because the sumo i would say because of our high development costs and it being and it being a custom developed product we have very high initial costs so unfortunately our starting price it will not be the most affordable cloth diaper out there and we wanted to really limit the amount of uh, outer like you know covers you need so i think in our system you need like um 10 to 12 outer covers and then 25 inlays to sort of you know go like most of the parents that are using that are like in our focus group they use i would say 8 to 10 on if they wash like two or three times a week yeah that's usually that's usually what we see too yes so so no it's a, it's a two part diaper where um you the, the inlays need to be washed or like you know but but the, the the outer cover unless it's super soiled you can just wipe it down or you know reuse it straight away that's is system. it is it pul then is the outer cover made with e- pul e- exactly so oh, okay. the inner waterproof pouch is made from a it's it's a jersey it's it's Tensile jersey covered with a PUL with a with a PU membrane. So it's not oh. PUL, it's not polyester. It's it's basically a material we we were very afraid that this that we would also have to custom develop that because this is a pain <laughs> in the ass to custom develop. In the end, <laughs> we developed most of the things, but in the end we found a um manufacturer in spain that makes um incontinence bed sheets for babies or not just for babies for you know they just do incontinence bed sheets so the top is very very skin caring but it's it's basically uh, laminated on the on the underneath with a with a with a waterproof and breathable membrane okay so So you're just able to add a laminate to the textile of your choice exactly exactly so basically the 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 top the the inside that your baby touches is actually like a super skin carrying tensor, like very soft. Mm-hmm. And then the area where you put the, the, the uh, inlay in, that has this PUL, PU membrane coating and uh, making it water breathable. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. That's really kind of cool. I was, yeah. um, there has been so many advancements in PUL and polyurethane application yeah. over the last decade. Uh, I actually yeah. haven't had a chance to chat with anybody who's done anything different <laughs> with it. So I haven't even opened mine yet. It's just been kind of uh, crazy. I'm in the process sure. of purchasing a business. So I'm like, oh, yeah. tell me. All- <laughs> like, uh, it's been a busy week. Okay. So in this three year, four year, five year process now, this feels like yeah. it's taking a long time. Is there kind of a challenge? I mean, you've said a lot of challenges, but maybe what's yeah. one challenge you really didn't expect to oh fine yeah the 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 biggest one and i think it's very connected to this topic where you know was with the waterproof layer yeah because so um this we i think also the diaper i sent you that is actually already an old construction because we we constructed (laughs) this diaper like that started testing it and then more and more parents came back to us saying like okay it's not leaking per se crazy but around the around the seam where the 
waterproof uh, pocket meets the outer, it's very difficult to explain this in words, basically the, the fabric became damp. And then we realized um. actually by sewing the two layers together and not having it all polyester or not even because we are not, we are not even using polyester yarn. We're using a lyocell yarn, which means that the sewing machine was making very, very, very small holes and other, di other diaper constructions, I think they don't have the problem because they're using a polyester yarn. But basically the smallest amounts of liquid were being soaked up by our yarn and then creating like, creating like a damp outer area. And of course, this is a huge no-go. So then we went through this whole process of contacting uh, manufacturers that, that make a, a what, like a seam sealing tapes. You know, you, yeah. you can basically, one option we had was that we could put, uh, purchase like a tape that we would uh, heat press over our seams. Turns out that our uh, manufacturing partner in the Czech Republic doesn't have a machine to apply that tape. So it, it was just a crazy loop of going around circles, trying to solve that problem. In the end, we, we solved it by actually coming up with a very different diaper construction now. So now the inner pocket doesn't have any seams anymore. The inner pocket now isn't anymore soon to the outer diaper. I don't know. You, I yeah. can show you, but yeah. So she's, what she's holding up to me for anybody who's like been in the industry a really long time is like a G diaper construction, uh, yes. but a 2022 parent probably does not know what I mean, but you've got, she's got like this membrane, this polyurethane, pocket or uh i won't even want to call it a pocket i want to call it envelope like almost like an envelope or some sort of and it's yeah. sewn to the outer exterior we'll get some pictures and we'll post them yeah on my gram or something so that you guys can see or you can go to the show notes and visit because it is i don't i can't i'm thinking like tidy tots but not even it's different yeah it's different but that's a good solution to reduce that that wicking and I've heard that from other creators in this industry um like escaping the synthetics is yeah <laughs> yeah so, so in the end, I, I, we went back to the drawing board and really rethought the initial construction which thankfully we did I have this fantastic pattern maker that I work here in Berlin with and it really the problem gave her sleepless nights she, <laughs> she's a mother of two has been cloth wrapping you know with her yeah. two children and she really has a mind of a, of a pattern maker. So I was like, okay, Rebecca, we have to solve this now. And um, she came up with this fantastic construction that not only makes the diaper actually easier to, to construct, um, but oh, way more waterproof. Yeah. So big oh, win. It, it just, it just cost us half, cost us half a year for anyone who's been waiting or like who's been, sending us, who's been sending us upsetting like you know i understand people were very oh. upset you've been saying since two years that you're going to launch soon and it's nice now to have actually like a, a place where i can tell people i am very sorry it's just it's you 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 come across these problems which which take you six months to solve yeah and i actually kind of like one of the questions i have here is what do people about consumers know about kind of textiles and diapering and manufacturing and this is something I have a friend who's working on a pre-flat design and it's been like 18 months in the making and it's 
the yeah. simplest of things, but you're yeah. just constantly back to the drawing board and some of this design and manufacturing and then working with yeah. a factory and communication is just yeah. Yeah. suddenly yeah. a year or two goes by yeah. um, and you didn't realize it. It really teaches you to be patient. It teaches you patience once you start working in the textile industry. Yeah. <laughs> <Patience>. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's and it, it's hard when you've got consumers who are like, "Oh, this is a product I want. I want to try this. This is something I yeah. think is going to solve a problem of mine." Um, yeah. 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 Okay. So something. The name. Let's talk. What's the name? What goes into? Why did you decide to name it Sumo yeah. Baby? Yeah. yeah, a Japanese sport. What's with that? Yeah, that actually, at the very beginning, this the product didn't have a name. I okay. um, and then people started saying, "Oh, the baby looks a bit like a like a sumo ringer," and um, I think this also maybe mostly also came about because of the material. You know, the material it's like this cream colored. Um, it has like a it has these lines, a bit like a corduroy, which makes it. If you're familiar with the Japanese culture, makes it look a little bit like a tatami mat. So I think, from a purely aesthetic point of view, it reminds you a little bit. It gives you this idea of um, a very minimal Japanese product. And then, um, I think when you want to find a name for a product, you always try to find 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 like. Uh, associations and because it being a baby product and it, it just it just sort of fit I, I I'm thinking I, I think you asked me this question because I did have I have received in the past some emails from um, parents or from people who think that you know why why sort of like borrow something from Japanese culture yeah that's kind of like some of the questions I've been getting in my DMs yeah. were like is this cultural appropriation yeah. show a bunch of white yeah. people naming a diaper? And so there's mm -hmm. a little bit of concern uh, and would be curious about your yeah. response yeah, yeah, to yeah. that. I, I am, I, we are aware of that. And finally, we actually have a big community of Japanese um, yeah, customers, like people from industry who contacted us. And we've been featured on a lot of Japanese blogs. And when I first started to get some emails from from um people who were a little bit concerned about the name i started to reach out to my yeah, to friends i've made in the past who are from japan people who run like baby shops in japan and i asked them right there, i was like do you have a problem with this name does it offend you in any way and funnily enough they most of most of the responses i got were very very positive and I also feel like what we were trying to do is almost like, it's kind of like a loving gesture. It's really like, um, it, it is really kind of more a nod towards Japanese culture, a nod of appreciation. And in, in no way are we trying to borrowing from anyone. Mm -hmm. And I think if you look at, if you Google Sumo Baby, there are many other brands who then even start using like Sumo Ringers in there as their logo or some Japanese. And I think yeah. we are really... Apart from the name, we are not trying to make any other um, kind of links to the sumo ringer. I think, um, yeah. I know, was I, that's I'm the, the question. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very open for, you know, let, let's engage. I'm very open to this conversation. So if I'm really, if, if people are very really offended or have, really have a problem with it, I'm very happy to engage in, in, um, all right, I'll tell people to shoot you a message instead yes, of me. 
let's shoot the question to her. Yeah. So we've been chatting for a while. This is really kind of interesting following. It's the textile. Like if we go back to, I know somebody was asking what makes this diaper special. And I was like, honestly, it's been so long. I forgot, but I reached out and we're going to chat with her. So it's the textile. It's this algae based Mm. textile that's antibacterial absorbent skin soothing so are we seeing less rash wear are we seeing general health what are we seeing with the skin is that kind of yeah yeah i I would i would say so i mean unless so well so the the, the textile development you both have it on the outside of the diaper so it's the one that is like kind of touching the baby's um like thighs but also you as a parent you are constantly handling that if you're holding your baby so and then the second innovation or like the second place where we use the algae fiber is on the inlay. So okay. the one that unless you are, I don't know, using like a diaper liner, this is really, you know, which, which sits next to the baby's skin. So there yeah. it's a 100% lyocell C-cell. Uh, it's called C-cell. <laughs> yeah, it's, the, the, the algae fiber is called C-cell. Yeah. If you want to look it up. Um, and, um, it's really, really, really soft. So I guess you could compare it a little bit to like a bamboo, um, the softness of like a bamboo inlay. Um, but it's not so fluffy and we basically, I, the inlay is where in the end also most of the, um, development work went into because we tested a lot of other cloth diaper inlays and most of them I always made from, you know, like hairy material or like yes. you know, absorbing ones we actually partnered with a with a, an institute in germany that is um like, like a like a leader in cellulose fibers and they use them for tampons and um, pads so incredibly absorbing but they have until now failed to make a version of it that you can wash and with them, we developed like, a, so it's basically like, a, like a, it's a non-woven pad on the inside of our in, inlays. Um, and we are, it's basically PLA, which is a polyactic acid. It's a bioplastic that unfortunately right now you still need to mix it in because otherwise you wouldn't be able to put it in the washing machine. So it's PLA and uh, cellulose fiber. And we tested this in the lab comparing it with other like polyester like you know like a zorb i think we had like a zorb inlay and we had some bamboo viscose and um the inlay really outperformed all of these and the main reason is because non-wovens are so much more absorbent than woven fabrics um so not only or not only do you have the kind of skin more skin carrying softer outer fabric but you have this quite powerful core that is 100% natural. I should have asked you this earlier. I didn't realize, I just assumed, I assumed that the insert would just be layers of lyocell, but here we have no. every, every sheet in this diaper has been custom yeah. designed. So our, our inlay, the reason why it's, it's called UFO, UFO, because it's kind of like, like a flying object. Um, it's split in half just so that it dries a bit faster. I know, I, I guess you know this from maybe other constructions, but basically in each of these are three layers of non-woven cellulose three. And the top one, the one that is kind of facing, the, the only thing that this layer does is as soon as liquid hits it, it disperses it. 
because you know you I don't know you have like the 40 milliliter uh, that could like you know hit it all at once and the the, the the inlay can be as as absorbing as it wants to be if it doesn't actually distribute the liquid all the way along it would never really soak it up so you know this technology they've been working on this on like feminine hygiene pads for years so in feminine hygiene pads you have this blood would hit you know the surface and it would get distributed very very quickly and we managed to sort of like transport that idea into the diapering world yeah but it's a huge problem i was, I was chatting with a maker the other day um mm. that consumers aren't thinking about and some makers aren't thinking about but the speed of which the fabric can spread out the liquid is a huge determinant on the leak scenario and then yeah. we get leaks and then we get frustrated parents and it's yeah, yeah. i love it louisa yeah, oh. yeah. So, so i think it all started kind of well, well let's we have this nice material but i think very quickly we realized <laughs> okay the the the, the absorbing core of this diaper is the engine and if we don't get the engine right the car won't drive right so we spent another six to eight months developing this i mean i think we're just obsessed Casper and me we are just obsessed with really making it work and then testing it because we are aware that if we launch with something that you know we sent you a diaper like let's say we're going to send some diapers around the world now and if they don't work we have a huge problem because you won't tell your friends to buy it. No, no one will, you know, so I think. No one will buy it. I, okay. So, I mean, what you, what did you go to school for your bachelor's for like 10 years ago? <laughs> Where did I do my bachelor's? Like, or, what did you, what did you think you were going to be doing out of high school? Well, I actually, so I studied like, you know, traditional industrial industry, like industrial product design, which meant I was working on designing chairs and tables. And like, just, you know, I actually had a couple of consumer electronics as well. And I did this for like four or five years after I graduated, I was just working on like, you know, creating beautiful everyday objects. And I think I learned a lot because I think in that kind of Field, people buy products because they look beautiful and of course they work you of course you know a chair works but you mostly you buy it because you want to look at it and you live with it yeah. and I think and then I got a little bit bored by only doing that and I of course if you are being being training as a designer nowadays means you have to work with you know sustainability and like creating responsible cons like also like educating people about responsible consumption is a big thing so i think that's what really fascinated me about diapering cloth diapering and um i as a designer was a little bit like okay if i have a baby next year and i want to use a cloth diaper there aren't many many good looking beautiful things out there <laughs> and also i ordered a couple and i was like mm, this is a bit of a scratchy plasticky material so i think the initial drive came because I'm a designer and I like nice things but really when when, when looking when researching the industry I, I just really thought wow I want more people to use cloth diapering and I really want I want to capture them before they have babies I want people to speak and think about diapering before you even have children because I mean that's really yeah we're that's what we gotta try to do did you ever think you'd be sitting here designing a diaper no I mean nobody ever thinks no. we're gonna get into this industry no, it's no, no, no. and um I was and, like maybe uh, she wanted to become an elementary oh. school teacher or something but just this process of design and yeah, here you are yeah. uh 
three textiles later and a diaper. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did not picture myself at all. I think quite the opposite. I think when I came around at university and I was like, oh my God, I think the best application is a cloth diaper. I was a bit like, oh God, but it's so unsexy and all my classmates are designing really beautiful. They're going to end up in all the design magazines. And I remember people were like, they were laughing at me. They were like, oh my God, you're going to do a diaper. You know, like, I mean, I was surrounded by like 26 to 28 year old cool kids who don't think about having babies or have ever diapered a baby. So I was, I really had to do some soul searching and was like, will I actually be ever be able to maybe go back to design it? Let's say this fails. Can I actually ever go back to maybe doing a light again or a chair or whatever? And, um, but what really, I think, I think this, seeing that there hasn't really been like, uh, or like, I mean, of course, don't get me wrong. There are many, many, many beautiful, innovative cloth diapers out there. Um, and I'm, I'm only discovering them now. I think this is also when I was like, the, the you first, know, honestly, like since you first emerged in 2019 to 2022, huge yeah. growth, yeah. huge yeah. growth in our industry. So like, yeah. it's always changing. I mean, yeah. but you did get, and then you did, you did, you won what the 2019 yeah. Dyson wow. Innovative, what was that you award? Won, like, so you yeah. got featured. Like, Yeah, the, the complete opposite happened. I had yeah. such a good feedback and then I realized while I was designing a diaper and I was showing it around to my you know designer friends they were all like wow this looks so beautiful Louisa I'm really you know this is really really nice you are getting people to look at diapers that don't have babies and I think this was initially what I yes. wanted to do and I and I and, and, and we managed yes and we won one of the biggest design awards out there and no diaper has ever won this award the, the red dot so I think I'm really, I'm proud and I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be changing the face of, of, of cloth diapering, hopefully. So what's, yeah. what's next for you? You sound like you kind of bounce between ideas and you might be on to the next one. Where oh. do you, where do you see yourself going? I mean, I, I want to stay here. I want to, I want to, we want to grow some more. I think we have a lot of exciting ideas for, uh, for potential. So our product pipeline is pretty big, of course, for like, you know, finding potential investors. It always means you need to have a pretty big growth plan. We have all these products in the lineup. So I think I'm, I'm just very excited to keep on, um, developing interesting fabrics. And now I, I, I think, I think I love working with babies. I love working with parents. So I really want to stay in this world. And I, I just want to continue, you know, designing so many opportunities. Like parents are looking for yeah. new fabrics all day, you know, like I think 20, 30, 40 years yeah. of synthetics. Um, yeah. Our skin is yeah. over it. Exactly. Uh, exactly. No, it's such an exciting space to be in as a consumer, oh, cool. as a designer, as a, as an entrepreneur, as I think it's super. Yeah. Very oh, okay. So Sumo Baby is coming to market. You're saying June, where are we going to be yeah. able to find I mean, it? Where can consumers pick it up? What's that kind of t timeline looking like right now? Yeah. So the thing is, I mean, you, you maybe know that the problem a little, I'm going to start like this. We will launch <laughs> in June. If really nothing goes wrong, any big catastrophes, if nothing like that happens, it will be June 14th. Um, and we will launch on Kickstarter. So Kickstarter okay. is like a crowdfunding platform. Um, I think they've only ever been like three or four diapers. Um, Grovia has launched, I think, yeah. the, the one uh, yeah. cloth diaper. They also launched on Kickstarter. Because for us, it was really, really important to... It's a very good platform to kind of grow a community. And I think this was is very important for us. So we really wanted to engage with a lot of people 
And because we have quite high invest, because everything is made to, from to scratch, basically. Yeah. Oh, we have yeah. basically <laughs> reserved. We have reserved the yarns now. So now we 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 really rely on like a critical mass of backers um, to help us basically secure the funding to basically tell our manufacturing partners, okay, now start weaving, start knitting. We have the orders in. And we will basically, so the whole like, mid-June. Yeah, you know what, design. as you mentioned that, like, I know we talked about all these different textiles that you designed. Yeah. But you're going to, you're, yeah, the yarn, you're we're weaving <laughs> whole sheets of fabric Ex just Ex for this product. Exactly. Maybe so it's not, it's not that we're just going to we, it's Walmart not and picking buying, a wholesaler. You know, yeah. We actually... We're actually doing it really from the fiber up. So we have reserved some yarn. And then as soon as we have basically secured, you know, let's say, I mean, let, who knows? Let's see how many people will actually want to buy Sumo. Depending on that number, we will have like, you know, like a pre-order. And then we can secure the, 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 the manufacturing spot with our partner, have all the, um, the fabrics produced. Have, we, we are producing it all in, in the Czech Republic. And um, so then we will ship two to three months. So yeah, we will sh start shipping to, depending so you know, fall. So in the fall. fall. Exactly. Yeah. And we will be shipping all the, uh, to everywhere, um, which is, uh, we also know that Kickstarter, of course, is quite big in, in the US and Canada. So for now, um, we are also focusing a little bit on, on, on you guys over there, <laughs> um, which is very exciting. We, um, yeah. So yes, it will be in June. It's well, Kickstarter, that will be exciting then. Uh, I've, we've yeah. seen a lot of crowdfunding has been a really big conversation that I've had with a couple of brands who yeah. I also know are yeah. starting this year as yeah. uh, like a double potential, like to get that kind of the funding that's needed for a great product and yeah. to like expand their reach because Kickstarter it, can really it, connect with a community it, bigger than we can connect with right now, or at least that's it, what I'm hearing. I, I haven't I tried know, it myself. Totally. It allows mm -hmm. us to really explore different markets, which aren't, I don't know, Germany, Austria, Switzerland. You know, I think it's really exciting. Yeah. We're very global. And we also see the brand as, as something very global. Very and, global, uh, yes. We have, I mean, also what it, what Kicks allows you is to have really very good conditions on on, on, on the pri and the pricings, you know. So we're actually able to offer the Sumo as a much, at, at a much, much more, I think it's like 30% um, um below the the retail price and also we will have some yeah so guys hear that get it yeah. on kickstarter before it on, <laughs> yeah. i mean I, I also like the, the the story of you know like i i'm a big kickstarter fan i i, I buy a lot on kickstarter and then i wait for like a year for it to come i, like, I don't but my husband is my yeah. husband is totally into yeah. kickstarter he enjoys yeah. supporting yeah. Uh, entrepreneurs at that like innovation yeah. level yeah exactly. uh, where can so where can we find so you're going to be on there so follow you on instagram or facebook yeah. where should yeah, people be we connecting will, we, will, we will um as soon as we have like our pre-launch um there will be like i think at the beginning of june i will be able to sort of like share the pre-launch page um but if you follow us on like facebook and, and instagram um you'll definitely hear about it we also have a, a newsletter that i think we will we will basically, yeah, on all channels, we will set because also running up, we have a very exciting like pre-launch um, campaign starting in like two weeks. We have some okay. very exciting giveaways. We okay. picked our favorite baby and mama care brands 
focusing on kind of like European brands because this, those were the easiest ones to kind of contact. And everyone was really excited. So there will be some Sumo giveaways, some Sumo tester kits that we will give away and all these really beautiful like, brands. So I finished that a little abruptly, but you can check out the Sumo, Sumo Diaper Company at sumodiaper.com. You can join their community. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram as Sumo Baby. And you can shout Louisa any questions that you might have or touch base on it. The Kickstarter should be starting sometime soon. This kind of early release gives you an idea. And I cannot wait to see how the Sumo Diaper works for different families. I think it's so fascinating to see textile innovation really driving a new diaper design. And what could that textile do? And what is the textile industry capable of? We have seen so much change in the conversation that the community is having around textiles on social media and in real life. And I think that this is a great opportunity for us to continue to change and grow because you know what? Gone are the days of microfiber. Gone are the days of us assuming anything about anything. I really appreciate you joining in. I know that I could have chatted with Louisa for so much longer, but I had to run and pick up my kids. I think there is so many opportunities there for somebody else to pick up the conversation. Keep having conversations with brands and retailers, start a podcast, introduce them to other places because we just brushed the surface on this call. Thank you so much for listening and I can't wait to see you online.